Whether you're cooking in the wee hours of this Thanksgiving morning or chowing down on your first, second, or hell, even your tenth serving of all the good food and treats, thank you so much for making us a part of your day here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. We're going to answer a few listener questions. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, hello. It is Thursday, November 24th, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is Tidying Gonzalez. I love Thanksgiving. And Colby for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Should be a pretty quick show today. We've got some leftover questions from Monday's mailbag episode that we're going to get to. And then, uh, you know, we'll be on our way. So let's just hop right into it. Our first question comes from Rick, who says, hey, guys. Guys, love your show. Thank you so much, Rick. Uh, Rick says, my question is, what happened to Robbie Ray at the end of last season, and can he fix it? So, Colby, very simple question. Can Robbie Ray fix himself? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, he was very good uh, for the vast majority of, of 2022. Uh, the big struggles came right at the end. Um, unfortunate timing uh, in that aspect. Uh, Ray really had two stretches where he, he struggled quite a bit. Um, one was from, you know, kind of late April to mid to late May. Uh, and the other, unfortunately, was in October in his last handful of outings. So um, it's for, you know, 25 of his 32 starts or whatever. He was he was very good. Uh, so uh, just, you know, bad timing on, on that end. But, uh, yeah, his his, you know, fastball command, he just kind of lost it and the slider really flattened out on him uh didn't have the same bite that it used to so when you're a fastball slider pitcher and you don't really have either pitch you can't make it do what you want you're going to get hit around and that's exactly what happened to robbie ray um but you know ray has a a history of uh you know um tweaking and, and grinding and and you know making necessary changes we've already seen him do it we saw him do it in toronto to turn himself into a cy young award winner we saw him do it last year uh when he added the two seamer um so robbie ray is, is a tinkerer he's a he's a grinder um and yeah you know he's got to put a, a rough end to his 2022 season behind him um and you know it's it's kind of the beauty of uh it's kind of the beauty of uh you know baseball uh really is that eventually your your struggles will end uh the the calendar turns it's you know start of something new and and you get to go into spring training and really try to pitch uh as well as you did for a majority of the season uh for Mm -hmm. the entire season and if robbie ray does that uh then he's a very strong number three probably a number two and at Mm -hmm. times will look like an ace so i i have high confidence in robbie ray that he'll uh he'll get this fixed yeah, I think for for him really it was a, a confidence issue because you know you talk about the the slider flattening out. I mean, he really didn't have an out pitch. He wasn't able to miss bats when he really needed it the most, uh, especially against righties. Right with that slider, that it just wasn't existent for for quite some time. Uh, and so I think that kind of belt and snowballed, especially once it kind of got away from him again towards the end of the season, and then. You know, he goes into Toronto uh, to his former ballpark, 
playing against his former team, pitching against his former team for the first time since he signed with the Mariners because, of course, he wasn't able to make the trip up to Toronto the first time. And uh, just craps the bed, right? Like, no one it. Just had an awful appearance. Gives up a couple home runs to take Oscar Hernandez. The crowd's chanting, Robbie, Robbie, all that stuff. And that's going to, you know, that's going to do something negative to to a guy's psyche. And, you know, the mental aspect of things is, is an important part when it comes to pitchers, especially later on in the season. And then, you know, three days later, he's asked to do something that he hasn't done all season. First of all, to, to get ramped up in that quick of fashion, but also to pitch out of a bullpen roll. And, oh, by the way, you got to go get the most important out in Mariners history of the last 20 years against one of the best hitters in all of baseball. And lo and behold... He can't uh, against Jordan Alvarez, who you know hits that three-run home run, and that's really it for for Robbie's season. Uh, of course, he made an appearance in Game Three of the ALDS, and uh, you know towards the end there of that absolute slog, uh, and had a pretty good outing. Um, you know, so hopefully that you know builds a little confidence uh, back for him uh, just to end the season on not necessarily a high note, but a more positive note than you know where he was the last two outings, but. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's really just uh, a confidence thing for him. And the thing that really will probably heal him the most is just time, right? Time away from the game. Uh, you know, just enjoy the off season, enjoy some time with his family and, you know, work on some things during the off season. And I think once we get back to, to spring training, uh, Robbie Ray is going to be uh, a bit more refined and a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more focused and, and ready to go for 2023, which leads into our next question here from... Uh, Antonio, who who asked, what can we expect out of Robbie Ray next year? Is it reasonable to expect a bounce back, or is he just destined to be our number four starter? So, Colby, you kind of already touched on this, but what can we expect from Robbie Ray next year? Yeah, I expect uh, Robbie Ray to essentially be a really good mid-rotation starter. Um, that doesn't mean that he won't also be your number four, uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, but, uh, it's, if Robbie Ray's your number four starter, it's not going to be because he's pitching like a number four. It's just going to be because the three other guys are better, which is certainly in the realm of possibility. So, uh, yeah, I, I would expect Robbie to, you know, come back next year. He's going to put up his, you know, 10, 11 K per nine. He's probably going to walk around three and a half guys per nine, uh, and probably throw up some, you know, sub four FIPS and, uh, we'll see. Like, I, I think he's still a number three starter. I think that's what the Mariners paid him to be. And I think for, essentially 75% of the season. That's exactly who Robbie Ray was. And there were some stretches in there where he was, you know, flat out dominant. So uh, I expect to see a lot more of that. I, I don't really have any concern about Robbie Ray uh, entering 2023. Um, you know, I, I think it's important just to remember how good he was for about four months there. So uh, yeah, if again, if Robbie Ray does end up being the Mariners number four, it's probably probably because Castillo, Kirby, and, and Gilbert are all pitching like number threes uh, or number twos or better. So it would yeah. probably be a, a good sign and maybe if Robbie Ray was actually your number four. Yeah, maybe they land a starting pitcher this offseason, Kodai Senga. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one of the they, you know, one of the veterans like Nathan Avaldi or someone like that. You know, maybe someone like that out pitches him, and that's a really good thing for the Mariners. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not too concerned about Ray. Like I said, I think we're going to see a refined Robbie Ray once we get back to spring training and uh, one that's uh, ready to produce 
<clears throat> so we got uh, more questions coming up in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen on this thanksgiving day so let's hop back into our questions well real quick uh just to uh, pull back the curtain a little bit uh we're recording this on tuesday so if anything has happened between when we're recording this and Thursday, uh, we may have gotten to it on our Wednesday show or we'll get to it on Friday. We'll also probably do some fan fiction Friday stuff and all that, but we'll let you guys know about all that on our social platforms at LO underscore Mariners on Twitter. You can check our YouTube page as well. We post some updates on there, all that good stuff. Um, all right. So next question comes from baseball nightly. What do you think would be a fair trade to go get Colton Wong? Also, who would maybe be an off-the-radar guy you guys would like to see come in at second through trade or free agency? So let's first address the uh, the first part of this question. What would it take to go get Colton Wong? What would be a fair deal, a fair return for the Brewers? It's a little tough to say. Uh, the Brewers are, a team, are the definition of a mid-market team. They act like it. Um, and they have some payroll issues that the, they need to address. They have, uh, I think, 19 guys going through ARB. I think they've only non-tendered a couple of them, um, and they're getting to the point now where they're either going to have to you know, extend or trade Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, um, and both those guys are going to be expensive, and they've already got so much money eaten, uh, getting eaten up by Christian Yelich. Um, who's not performing uh, worthy of the contract. So, uh, yeah, it really comes down to what do the Brewers want to do in 2023 um, and where are they trying to save money? Because Wong's $10 million is uh, a pretty easy way to save money. Uh, And also, I believe he has a $5 million deferred bonus. So I think the Brewers are technically on the hook for $15 million towards Colton Wong. It's a lot for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, they have some options up the middle. They have Willie Adamas, who's also making some money this year. They have Urias. Um, they have options in the infield. So if Colton Wong is more of a quote-unquote salary dump, which I don't know if they would view him as that, but it's essentially what he is, uh, then the Mariners are going to get him for something pretty cheap. Uh, I would imagine uh, for one year of Colton Wong, honestly, I think you know you're looking at probably a top, 15-ish back into the top 15 prospect, uh, maybe somebody outside your top 25 as well. You're really not talking about much here, I don't think. I, I think, you know, at most, at the high end, we're talking about, you know, Perlander Baroa maybe, but I don't mm-hmm. even think it's going to cost that. I, I think you're looking at, you know, maybe something like Juan Pinto and... I'm going to pick... call my shot here, actually. Oh, Okay. Zach Deloach and Joseph Hernandez. Okay. Well, we'll see. Fernandez is, uh, was not, uh, he is required to be on the 40 man. Uh, not required, but he is rule five eligible. I should say 
Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I, I, again, I think that's pretty close to right because it, it's really tough for the brewers to pretend they have leverage here. Um, when they own $15 million and they, they don't want to pay him $15 million. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and honestly, the, the Mariners are probably going to get some money from Milwaukee, uh, for that package. So yeah, it's not going to cost a ton, which is why I think the Mariners are interested on top of Wong being just a, you know, really pretty good player. So. Uh, I think that's why Wong makes a lot of sense. He's going to be relatively cheap to acquire. Uh, pay, you know, his his salary doesn't really matter to the Mariners, um, and he's a good player. So, yeah, I really don't think it's going to cost all that much. I, I don't think you're going to look at the 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 trade cost of Colton Wong and be like, "Wow, that's hmm, right." I'm not yeah. a big fan of that. So, I think you're yeah. just going to look at it and be like, "Yeah, okay." Like, kind of like what Adam Frazier went for last year, right? Like Ray Kerr and Corey Rozier interesting guys but yeah neither's a guaranteed major leaguer so it's probably going to be less than that because i mean frazier's contract situation was a bit more favorable for the padres whereas like you mentioned with the brewers it's it's not as much here with wong even though that they did pick up the uh the option on him uh the 10 million dollar option on him um yeah i I mean like they probably did that because they know that they can get at least something that's interesting for him and i think that you know a deloach hernandez package that's pretty interesting there's a lot of folks that are really high on joseph hernandez and uh you know deloach is a guy that's close uh to to the major league level fairly close uh needs to start producing a little bit better than he has as of late um but he's someone that's probably going to be a you know a fourth outfielder at the major league level might provide some value and might have a better chance to actually play in milwaukee so we'll see um there's a bunch of different combinations but i think that's generally the range that's uh, going to land you uh colton long uh next question here comes from vanessa uh who says uh with the potential loss of clubhouse leaders examples being marco to trade hanniger signs with another team who steps up into those roles we saw how important it was when santana came in and turned team attitudes around in the clubhouse and on the field so yeah, I think there's a lot of candidates. I mean, some of them have already established themselves as leaders, like Cal Raleigh and J.P. Crawford. Uh, and I think, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, some growth out of some other guys like Julio, right? Julio, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Julio adored Carlos Santana, and I'm sure took a lot of notes from how Santana led, uh, and we'll apply that to how he leads in the future. Um you know, Tom Murphy's uh, a big clubhouse leader uh, that's already been established, so... You know, I, I don't think that they're really short on that. I don't think that even if they do, you know, end up trading Marco, which is still kind of a, a big if because of the money that's attached to him. And, you know, who knows what you might be able to get for him, if anything. Um, yep. Who knows who's actually going to be interested in him, all that. Uh, even if you lose Hanniger to free agency, which is starting to look more likely uh, by the day. Uh, I, I think they're pretty good on that. Is, that, is there anyone else that, that comes to mind in terms of taking on a leadership role here? Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, Hanniger is, is very much a, uh, a quiet leader. Like that's kind of his role. Um, uh, Marco's very much the same. They, they lead by example. Um, so it's not like they're missing the big, you know, raw, raw rally around me type of guy. Uh, and you know, like you mentioned, you mentioned Julio, Tom Murphy being back is going to help. That is part of Murphy's, um, reputation. And I mean, we can't forget a Eugenio Suarez and, uh, you know how much the clubhouse loves him. Like, I don't think it's going to be an issue really at all. And yeah. Scott service has 
created a culture that allows players to be themselves and for uh, leaders to uh, to step up uh, when they're needed. And and so I, I really don't think it's a concern. I don't think it's something that uh, Jerry is entering, uh, has entered the offseason with thinking about it all. It's not like, oh, we can't trade Marco because we're going to lose Mitch because now now we don't have any leadership or anything like that. He doesn't care about that. Uh, he, he has yeah. it. He knows he has it. And so, yeah, I think Cal Raleigh is probably the big one to step up, and we started to see that at the end of last year. Um, you know, bullpen guys, start pitchers really can't be that guy for teams because they just don't play every day. It's typically the everyday players that – uh, you want your leadership positions to come from. And we just talked about Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy and Eugenio Suarez and Julio and JP. Like you're going to be fine. It's, it's not a concern. Yeah. Eugenio Suarez is another great call there. Uh, you know, he's someone that, that clearly took on a, a, you know, a bigger leadership role as the season progressed. And I mean, that whole clubhouse loves him. I think Tay Oscar Hernandez is going to be another guy that the clubhouse yep. rallies around. <laughs> Um, you know, just because of the per- personality and all that, you know, we talked about that when they acquired him on our, uh, on our show that day. So, uh, yeah, again, I, I think the Mariners are, are in a really good spot when it comes to, uh, leadership. Next question here comes from Hayden says, love the show guys. Thank you so much, Hayden. At which point do you see the Mariners giving Adam Frazier another shot if they don't land a bigger name or is there someone in house that you would rather see at second base? Hayden. To be quite frank with you, I don't think we ever get to that point. Um, mostly, honestly, I, I, I think this becomes a moot point because Adam Frazier ends up signing relatively quick. Uh, it seems like the Cubs are, are really interested in him. I've heard the Cubs quite a bit for Frazier, uh, and he seems pretty open to taking on a utility role. And the Mariners, Detroit have, yeah, is another team I've heard. Yeah, and the Mariners have Sam Harrity. They have Dylan Moore. I don't think they're trading either one of those guys. And, uh, you know, they're going to find a second baseman. They're going to find a second baseman that's not Adam Frazier. Whether or not it's one of the top shortstops, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be a Glaber Torres. It'll be Brandon Drury. It'll be someone like that. Yeah, you, you just can't stick to the status quo at second base. It wasn't good oh. enough last year. That reminds me, by the way, we did not answer the second part of Baseball Nightly's question. <laughs> about, oh, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in say, a moment. <laughs> you can't stick to the status quo at second base. It didn't work. You had like a 74 WRC plus or whatever last year. It's not good enough. You have to get better there. There's no guarantee or really probability that Adam Frazier is going to be you know, significantly better than he was last year. So... Um, you know, you, you just, you can't do that again. Uh, you're trying to catch the Astros, not maintain your playoff spot. You have to improve at second base. Um, so Adam Frazier to me never becomes an option because even as a utility guy right now, I'd rather roll with Dylan Moore and, and Sam Haggerty and whoever they bring in to kind of platoon with those two guys. I would rather roll with that uh, yeah. than Adam Frazier. So I, I think Frazier is probably going to get like two and like, 15 or something like that and the Mariners have no business doing that they should just pay the extra to go get Colton Wong or, or Glaber Torres or whoever yeah all right so let's let's uh you turn back to uh baseball nightly's uh wait wrong show that's a Seattle overload thing never mind we're, we're crossing over here uh let's uh let's go back to baseball nightly's question here also who would maybe be an off the radar guy you guys would like to see come in at second through trade or free agency so i mentioned one of them glaber torres but the other guy for me 
is Brandon Drury, who actually made my top 10 free agents list when we did that, uh, whatever it was, a week ago or two ago. Um, Drury, uh, you know, wasn't as good as he was in Cincinnati when he went over to San Diego at the trade deadline, but he was still, you know, pretty useful. He made a swing change. Like, he, uh, he hit 24 bombs this year. And really, no one's talking about him this off season, and it kind of seems like he's going to end up getting a deal somewhere in the nine to ten million dollar AAV range. Like that's really affordable for a guy that hit twenty four home runs and got on base quite a bit and hit for you know a bit of power outside of the home runs. So I like the Drury idea as a uh, you know a fallback option here. Is there anyone else that comes to mind for you? I feel like we've talked about literally everybody already, and it's only November. Um, outside the box, you know, I, I really don't think you can afford this guy, but if you're looking for a name that really nobody's talking about, um, Jorge Polanco would be an absolute steal, um, for Seattle. He's a very good player, uh, for Minnesota. I just don't think he's, he's likely to be available or that the Mariners are likely to acquire him. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Drury call, um, this guy, I wanted them to get in, in free agency. They didn't, uh, or in, uh, sorry, at the trade deadline, they didn't. Uh, they have a shot here, but by all accounts, they weren't interested in Drury at all. Now, whether or not that was because they don't like the player or they or if he was just a rental and they weren't interested in rentals, I don't know. But uh, I think Drury is a guy who Mariner fans aren't talking enough about. Um, and there are other trade off, you know, Brandon Lau, Polanco, Jeff McNeil. It's just hard to see how the Mariners can make those deals happen. So. Uh, yeah, I, I really do think that the Mariners starting second baseman next year is going to be either Colton Wong or, or Glaber Torres. I just think they make the most sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question here. Uh, oops, that's the wrong one. Uh, this is our final question of the day. Nebraska dude 74, uh, asks, uh, what do you think the Mariners have to give up in return for Max Kepler? Max Kepler is a favorite of ours, Colby. Uh, what do you think it's going to take to land him? He's got $8.5 million owed to him this year, then a $10 million club option next year. Yeah, not a ton. Um, <clears throat> it's been pretty widely reported that the twins would like to trade uh, Max Kepler. They have Byron Buxton. They have Alex Kirilov. They have Trevor Larnick. They are, they are looking, they have Nick Gordon. They are looking to clear up some outfield space. Uh, I think this is a spot where, uh, a Chris Flexen and a prospect type of deal makes some sense here. Both are due a little bit of money. The twins need back in rotation help. They want to clear uh, Kepler off the roster. Uh, so it's kind of a, a major league for major league swap. I think it would probably still cost Flexen and a pretty decent prospect, maybe somebody in the, you know, 15, 10 to 15 range, uh, just because, you know, the twins can kind of go get a Chris Flexen in free agency if they want to, but the twins don't have unlimited funds either. Uh, so we'll see what they want to do with Kepler, but I, I really do think this is a good spot for like a Flexen and, you know, Juan Pinto or, or Michael Arroyo or whatever, you know, pick a prospect. I don't care which one uh, within reason. I think this is a good spot for that. Uh, I don't think Marco's is going to get Marco would be the guy that would get that done. I think it would have to be Flexen, but I think he's going to be reasonably cheap because, again, the Twins have made it pretty clear that they're looking to kind of move past uh, Max Kepler, and, and I love Max Kepler as a as a possibility. You know, he's he's got tremendous power to his pull side. He's a guy whose baseball savant page is 
is red as as red can be, which is good. Uh, and he's also a guy who's been hurt by the shift. You look at the expected numbers last year, even you know they based on his batted ball profile, he should have hit like 260 with a 420 uh, slug uh, instead of what he did. It's just I think Kepler's going to have a year. He's only 29, I believe, 30 maybe. Um, I think he's going to have a year where he hits pops 30 home runs yeah. again. He has, he's had one year where he hit 30 home runs. I think he's going to do it again sometime in the next two or three years. Uh, and you get gold glove defense uh, out of him in right field. So I think he's a great fit for Seattle. Oh, and he's left-handed. Yeah, there you go. So he led all uh, right fielders in outs above average uh, this season with 12 uh, plus 12. So at the very least, you're getting that. Uh, You're getting a guy who walks a lot. So that's Mm -hmm. nice. And like Colby mentioned, the the power upside is – is is really something right because like he he only hit nine home runs this season that's not going to happen again it's just not going to happen i think i think there's a really good chance that kepler by the end of the year is is a guy who against right-handed pitching at least is hitting like first or second because he's you know hitting 260 and he's getting on base you know 33 34 percent of the time and you've added a little you know a little bob to the top of your lineup and and you can kind of go julio uh kepler Tay Oscar, you know, Wong, whatever it is, right? It doesn't really matter. But I, I think Kepler's that that type of player. I really do. I, I buy into Kepler quite a bit. Um, I know others aren't so sure, and I get it. Uh, but I, I think Kepler's going to be a, you know, three or four win player this next year. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tadian Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.